what I was thinking about today, or not, well, what I had been thinking about lately was kind of the different, or all the things, or some of the things that I had learned um, while I was out there at, in the camp, in the protest camp. And I guess, like, to get a grasp of, like, what the camps were, or when I say camps, uh, camp, um, is it was this protest camp that we were doing down, or that was going on downtown. And it had honestly gone through like several, several leadership changes. So it's like, you know, the tut, like how one identifies the camp normally overlaps with like at what time did they encounter the camp and like who was there and things like that. And I think, you know, a lot of, spent a lot of time out there because like you come to a place because you feel like either you can do something there or it matches your ideology or it gives you a direction um, to point your your feelings about this, your angst, your anxiety, and your anger and your like just this motion that you have to move on something when you feel something like that. It was a place uh, I think it called people to that place for those types of reasons. It's like, what do you, what can you do? What can you do to be useful? Um, and honestly, I, I think a lot about, I think a lot about the camp because it really coincides with like my time being like on the ground during the movement, if you wanna call it that, but like, this span of time over the last year that a lot of people decided to take to the streets and demand like change and justice for for black people but it honestly just honestly just kind of turned into everything um and like being out there we saw it turn and turn into everything and even being at that camp we saw it turn into everything and I'm not necessarily, I'm not at all saying that that's wrong because uh, we do have to address all those problems. Um, but I think in terms of what I learned at that camp, the way that the problems get addressed or the way that people want them addressed is what causes as much conflict as, you know, the people that say that you shouldn't have it, that you shouldn't have like that that right or that justice or that whatever for whatever reason so honestly uh, part of what I learned at the camp was that um, I don't know if people necessarily know how how to move together um, how to unify because you'll hear it all through the streets you know what I mean? Like you'll hear it through the streets, you'll hear it in the the politicians' speeches nowadays. You even hear it in a lot of Biden speak as he led up to and even after the presidency and inauguration and everything like that. Um, there was always this preaching about unity to the point that like the camp, again, I talk about the camp, it had gone, undergone maybe like three three what I call regime changes um, 
and one of the last ones was Black Unity, and I feel like that was the one, that was the one where I definitely spent most of my time in, like, all the, all the interactions that I had thereafter, uh, and that led me to the different places were under this connection to this group of activists who called themselves, who we called ourselves Black Unity. Um, and I, I remember the day that the, they came up with the name, they were like, we can't forget that this is a movement for black people. Uh, and we're putting forward that we're trying to unify people. So we're going to be black unity. And, you know, great idea conceptually, but that's not, that's not what it became, in, in my opinion, um, and in many people's opinion. Um, you did get a lot of argument just about exactly what black unity meant or what unity meant or like what progress was or like what was useful you know what I mean and what, one of the, the big things that I saw out there um, was just also part of why I wanted to implant myself there but everything at that camp was just a microcosm of what we were dealing with on a larger scale because we had differing opinions we had conservatives in there one, one of my really, I'd say good friends, I guess I'd consider them all friends and family because like of everything that we fought together for because like we were under siege. I like to remind people that all the time, like this isn't a game, we're on the front line. They could come for us at any minute, which they did. They came and clear, cleared out our camps with like hundreds, seemingly like hundreds of sheriffs and cops and just destroyed the place you know like and it wasn't just like this rebel camp or something like that like we had a library there we had built a kitchen we were servicing the community around us and being helpful and like disseminating information and like we were trying to be a positive impact on the community that we had planted ourselves in because we did plant ourselves in someone else's community and I think one of the things that I got a lot of criticism for uh, in my time out there is that I did dedicate a lot of time to the unhoused population uh, but we were literally in their territory so to speak we had come to make a political statement and fight for something which is like that's what we're there for like the advancement the, the, the yeah the advancement of black lives of colored people's lives and oppressed people's lives um but we had come and disturbed their ecosystem with this. So it's like there is, you owe the land. You know what I mean? Like you owe the place that you plant yourself in, which led me into like a lot of work with indigenous peoples as well. Which is like, I greatly cherish my time with like the indigenous people of, you know, California. And I, I wish I could pr properly pronounce the names of the tribes of the people's lands that we were on, I'm not gonna try right now, but you know, a lot of uh, a lot of representatives and just people of the land just came to see what we were doing and see how we were trying to how we were trying to live this revolution that we talk about, but like live that change. Because to me, this that place, Black Unity, that camp, um, that protest site, was a manifestation of the revolution that we wish to see enacted throughout the world. You know what I mean? Like if we were talking about like, what does unity look like? What does empowerment look like? What does, um, what does unity, I think I already said unity, but like just 
honestly coming to unity again because I'm sure I've said it before and I'll say it again after whatever fight there is between the people here all these opposing groups we still have to live here together we still have to figure out you know what I mean like how do we how do we make up for uh, our crimes against the natives people native peoples of this land you know what I mean I, I have conversations about um, you know reparations reparations has come up again and it comes up ever so often um, for black Americans in this country uh, what this country owes us from its exploitation uh, of us as a people and one of the things that I will always bring up is that we have to be, we, in terms of black people, have to be an equal component for fighting for the rights of reparations of the native people because we cannot uh, genuinely or like rightfully, in my opinion, we can't rightfully stand here and say like, yes, like we are owed, which we are, we are owed reparations from this country without at the same time acknowledging um, the reparations owed to the other exploited people of this place. A people who, like people have been a part of their oppression as indirectly as it may be, but we are still part of that because we've tried to do what we had to to be a part of the American way for America to accept us. You know what I mean? I talk about the Buffalo Soldiers who was like, I learned about them when I was young and a lot of young black kids learned about them, like these Buffalo Soldiers who were like, you know, revered as uh, black soldiers in America often are. Like in every major conflict, you've had like a group of black um, soldiers who shined, whether it was the Buffalo Soldiers or the Harlem Hell Fighters or the Tuskegee Airmen or the ones that we haven't even heard about yet. Like you have like people who serve beyond the level of distinction. However, you talk about the Buffalo Soldiers, like, yeah, fine distinction of service to America, but that service was the extermination of the native peoples, you know? So if you are to ask others for account for their crimes to you, you have to also be a proponent of accounting for the crimes of your own people against others as well and I do 100% believe that like black people are at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of that like we get the fallout from everything anything that affects you affects us three times as much there's another level of like discrimination and history and baggage that comes along with it that makes it harder for our people to bear but you I it is very important that we also recognize how we may have contributed to the system and again, coming back around to like what I learned at the camp, a lot of times when we were doing like mediation or like trying to sort out issues that were going on at the camp, I feel like a lot of people found it very difficult to account for their parts in the wrongdoing or that there was anything that they had done that could have affected this. Uh, and it, it, it destroyed progress. We could we we were on the verge of having like a lot of like really meaningful conversations and meaningful breakthroughs and just meaningful like relationship studies, 
in terms of like, yo, like this is something we could apply to the bigger picture in terms of how do we heal certain parts of race relations? How do we heal certain parts of, um, and I, I, they're not called race relations, but like there's relations between like uh, certain races and other demographics, for example, black, the black and the gay community. That's something that has to be addressed as well. Um, white people in the gay community, um, white people's interaction in the black community. Again, just all these different little social interactions that are a ball down of these larger pictures that are larger issues that we face in our society. Um, it was a place where you saw the blending of people. You, we had black, white, native, uh, people from overseas, from different countries, from different walks of life, different faiths and practices, and we all had to make that place home in a, whatever way that we could. Not even just that, but like just different level, levels of privilege. You know what I mean? There were unhoused people living within our, around our camp for sure, but like within our camp, um, how people treat unhoused people. And like, I think that's something that really like got to me when I was out there because you'll have you you'll have people out there helping unhoused people, but you listen to the way they talk to them, talk about them. And it's like, they're talking to about them as if they're not people, as if they're not like a human being, as if they're not like the same as you. And, it's like that perception was just disturbing to me. Like it was a mindset. And as I like, as we moved through all the different little issues that we had in the in the movement at large, uh, and how people tried to do things, it was really mindset issues. People people didn't consider certain people worthy of some things, and you know, like that's. That's, we see that today throughout very many of our, uh, you know, like the way that things play out in this country, particularly thinking, particularly thinking about student debt forgiveness, where people are like so angry. It's like, oh, well, somebody else had to pay it off. They're like, why today? It's like, there's something that's burdening a lot of people in this country. And it's like, you're not able to swallow that for the good of like fellow citizens. Um, and again, to me, that comes back around to this idea of unity and community, but like the unity because you don't feel like these people are a part of your community. That's something that's been taken away from all of us, that this is an American community. And instead of seeing these, it's like, oh, these are our people being helped. You're like, oh, why are you helping them? Why do they get this? Why do they get that? That, that prevailed within the camp as well. People decided to draw up their own sides. And honestly, I, I mentioned regime changes within the camp. Those happened because no matter how much effort was put into it, there was still the formation of cliques, you know, like clans within this clan, like people who decided to like group and it's like, oh, we're going to be this and we're going to be that. And it's like, it comes at the detriment of the whole. People aren't like, yeah, we want to be a part of this, but we don't want to contribute to this. Speaking about contribution, you know, it seems like something so minuscule or small, but I always feel like you have to look at what principles are at play behind a situation. 
there's always like the situation at hand and people like focus on the details of like oh you did this to me and blah 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 etc etc and so on and so forth but like what do we learn if not the principles of what that occurrence happened the event itself is honestly will fade but like what what morals were at display what character challenges were put forward um and i feel like that was a major highlight of what we had in the again in the movement as a whole but like what i saw firsthand in the camp is you you'll draw your lines based on yourself of course and like you'll do whatever you have to and it's like you can say that you're a part of this thing one of the one of the, so for example one of the small things is that a lot of people want to clean up after themselves you know something stupid something like <laughs> sounds like like a roommate quarrel or whatever but it's like you have this this big camp and people come through and they say that they're there and it's like yeah we're here fighting for this and blah blah so on and so forth and it's like you'll light a fire it's like you'll make sure people are fed and blah 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 and like they leave the place trash like they'll just throw their stuff wherever or it's like they're not taking care of this and that and like what happens is that the people who stay there who stay there the most will stay there overnight you know what i mean like there's, there's people who like come and go and then there's the people who entrench themselves you leave the responsibility on them so like you can sit there and say and claim like oh yeah i'm part of black unity but like you're not there for like the maintenance stuff you know what i mean like you're not there for like you don't even care about like the condition of the place for those who were there already you just came to do your part to say like oh yeah i was on the line and i fought for this and then you went about your way and it's like the people you said you came there to help are still suffering you know what i mean like that's that's something that that's something that i saw a lot it's like you say that you're there for these people but like the people in this very spot are in need of this or it's like you're exploiting them in this way and like when you're confronted with that you can't you can't ingest that or you can't you don't understand that so yeah there's i'm sure there's a lot more there's a lot of a lot of other things now revisit from time to time these like different lessons that i learned while i was at camp at the camp but like one of the things that i definitely learned that i think applies to a larger scale is that um people will preach unity all day every day but don't live it they won't live it that's the part of the reason one of my ideologies when I was out there when I dedicated my time out there was to live the change that you wish to see like be the example like just do the things that need to be done I ended up I uh, I ended up often being referred to and being utilized as like some sort of ambassador because like I would speak diplomatically and peaceably to like other people or people who would come out after us or when the sheriff showed up ever so often because like they'd come through like two three times a week to see like oh what are we up to what what can we get you for or whatever the case may be um i'd go talk to them because otherwise they just hear fuck the police and other <laughs> other similar phrases just thrown at them and just utter disrespect which again fair and fine but there does have to be like an envoy at a certain time
Like there does have to be communication at a certain time because if you're not gonna fight it out in the street, then it's like we have to talk about it. So like somebody has to go and talk about it. Um, and through that role, again, like that, and that being a part of the role of like, just trying to be the thing that, that can help the most. That's really what I wanted to do. Um, just put me in a place where I could be useful to something that I sincerely believed in. So, anyway, that was, that was some of the lessons that I learned while I was out there. This has been a really good home podcast production. Um, I always feel like the credits that like they get, I don't want them to get monotonous. So I'm just, I'm gonna switch up the order. Uh, our director. Oh man, wait a minute. Without the order, I can't tell. Okay. <laughs> our director of publicity, Tamron Tavine. Our additional technical support, Ryan Conley. Our recording engineer, Dylan Gartner, who is totally, totally real person. Don't want to mispronounce that name. Um, Chris Johnson is always for the music. Like, I, again, conversation between me rambling and him making music of it. So thank you, Chris. Um, visual creative director, Alana Revere. And of course, Katie Politonoff and Andy Fraser. What is he? Well, with an S, but it makes a Z sound. Anyway, really good home podcast production. Thank you for listening. We are a really good home.